What up and welcome to the Beneath the Dirt Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bone. Thank you for tuning in this week. We got a very special guest, homie of mine. He's been on the show a few times. Had to get him back. Robbie from the at Twisted History Instagram page. What's good? Not much. Just doing this. Just got off work. Um, see, I'm drinking a clean uh, Yerba Mate energy drink. Oh, uh, not sponsored, but, uh, you know, maybe I will be after this. We'll see. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just chilling. You drink it even though they don't pay you. Yeah, they do. Uh, this is like so off the rails already. But uh, 50% of profits go to uh, support addiction recovery. So, you know, why not? I'll. <laughs> That's a good uh, cause. I'll plug them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, you you run the at Twisted History page. And mm-hmm. it seems like just recently you started being more active on the page. Like you weren't very active on the page there for a minute. Yeah. I had a weird last entire year maybe with it. Um, I think I feel like 2021 I fell off completely. Um, and I was posting here and there, but it would be like once a month or so. And it was just... Um, really well let's see actually january 1st 2021 i was on this very show and uh i announced my cool new idea which was where i was gonna um upload all the old uh ashtrays and action figures from w fuck off radio from like 2007 2008 onto youtube and and kind of inner mix those with the instagram and all that and uh turns out no one cared about that it was a really bad idea um it was probably like six hours of 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 work for me to do it each time and um and literally like some of the lowest uh interaction i've gotten with anything i've done on there so um that got the gear off to a real slump where i felt like um i'd set myself up for a project i didn't want to fulfill anymore so um, it was just, yeah, so that that got me off on a bad foot. And then, uh, yeah, I fucked up uh, the year for the most part just because I was interested in other stuff. It's tough, like, focusing so much on attention on one artist-based thing sometimes, you know, because, like, I listen to all kinds of music, you know, in, in and out of the juggalo world or whatever. So, like, when I'm really excited about Twisted, it's 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 very easy to to do the page. And when I'm listening to other stuff or whatever, it's, like, it feels like a job that I don't get paid for sometimes. So, uh, so yeah, I spent a whole lot of time not doing that, but, right. uh, but yeah, I've been back at it. it. I don't know. It just, if I think I took, I didn't like necessarily take a break from it cause I was doing it, you know, just less consistently. Um, but I think since, since, uh, since I did kind of give myself a big breather, it got fun again. And I was really into, uh, I'm really excited to get to like 2008, 2009 because, I feel like, uh, what am I trying to say here? I feel like Twisted from like 2005 up until Independence Day is like the most mediocre they ever were. Um, I think Independence Day is when they start coming back. In, and, and then, you know, you get Wicked after that and all that stuff. But I feel like the the um, the Man's Myth and Mutant and then the solo albums are like, all it's all good stuff. I like all that stuff, but it's like the least exciting part of their career to me. Um, so it was kind of a slog to get through, but I've, I've got to the other side of that. So now I'm excited to get into stuff like Hatchet Attacks and uh, Wicked and, and you know, kind of 
mix in with some of the stuff they were doing with people from Strange and stuff like that. And it, like, it, I feel like it, it gets spicier again, which I'm excited about for for to use a really dumb word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with that though. For and I wouldn't even say just twisted. I would say psychopathic. Oh five, six, seven, maybe a little bit of oh eight was kind of just kind of hit a rut, kind of hit a a stale moment in in hatchet history, if you will. Yeah, I'd agree. It got a little sleepy. I think to me, oh seven, like the end of oh seven is where it bounces back a little bit with like first of all, I think Boondocks coming through this is oh six, I guess, was like a little jolt of energy. You can tell going back to some of the old um old Fago lovers archives and some of the stuff I look at for content, like people were really excited about that. It gave it a little boost. And then I think, uh, I think independence day and clockwork gray kind of got things back on track a little bit, but that's also twisted and blaze, which there's a lot of people that are still always going to gravitate to what ICP is doing over everything, you know? So I think maybe it wasn't until bang pow boom came through that people really got excited again or whatever, but for me, at least, I think I think Clockwork Gray and, and Independence Day are when it starts to kind of the ship starts to right itself a little bit, and I think for that's me, also where you see. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. For me, Clockwork Gray was that shit. Yeah, it's what August, I think, or maybe later. I think somewhere it's August or seven. Some yeah, somewhere around there. Like, I remember that being like my favorite psychopathic album during those years. Oh five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even 2008. Like Clockwork Gray is up there. Like Absolutely. If I, I had to rank psychopathic albums. Like it's up there. Like I always say, and I still maintain that it has the best production of any psychopathic album. Blaze just killed it on that album. The collaborations he had on there. Totally. You know, that was the time when Strange was touring with uh, Sub Noise. And then like Blaze would hop on those tours. And I remember, like, I remember the track that he had with Big B and Cut, and it was mm-hmm. like, these are the guys on their respective labels that are like the slept-on guys. Totally, and 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 at least in the case of Big B and Blaze, you know, like some of the better guys. Like, I think when I look back at Sub Noise, like Big B is the guy that I gravitate more to now as an adult, because um, it's not all weed comedy music or whatever you want to call it like he's got like um he seems like a person uh (laughs) which is rare sometimes on that label uh but yeah i mean that track alone is great and i think that's the album where blaze started to sound like the uh, really feel like a rapper if that makes sense outside of like a like a juggalo rapper quote unquote like i think you could listen to a lot of the songs on that record and just enjoy them as as any kind of rap right uh, not 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 mad at that, uh, but yeah, Clockwork Gray for me at that time was the shit. I remember when Wicked dropped from Twisted, and I I didn't feel that album for a long time. I've heard you say that. Yeah, like for a long time, I was like, I even went to that show, and I was like, this is the most boring fucking concert I've ever been to. Uh, but I went with this dude that I was I was working with at the time. I was working overnight shift. And I got him into Twisted and Blaze and ICP. I put him onto Prozac and shit like at at that time that was coming out. And uh, he's like, I want to go see Twisted. I was like, fuck it, we'll go to the show. And he's like, yeah, but you don't like the album. I was like, I don't give a fuck, dude. You know, (laughs) I'll bring you, you know, we'll go to your fucking first show. And 
dude loved it because he, he loved that album but i remember just being like man i just did wish you, i liked the album better did you know going in that it was gonna be basically the album front to back yeah okay <laughs> so you were oh, like, i knew i was gonna be like at the time i think i liked whoop whoop mm -hmm. and that might have been it actually well i, I you know I've, I've heard you talk about that before and i you know what i take it as is proof that you can change and in five years we'll talk about some of these albums like mausoleum and uh and all the stuff that you're <laughs> hating on now <laughs> yeah you never know i mean you never know Oh, absolutely. I mean, so much of the stuff. I mean, I, I you know, I got out of even listening to that kind of stuff for years because I was like, mm, I don't know what I was thinking. It's not that good. And I started listening again. I was like, I don't know what I was thinking. It is that good. Right. So right. like <laughs> just people change, whatever, whatever. But but yeah, um, man, I can't imagine not liking something and then going to a thing that's well, I mean, I've like I've seen bands I don't like in concert at all. So I guess that's not true. But like just seeing a band you like but don't like that album and then they're just doing that album, they're like, all right, well. <laughs> right i mean at that point i probably had seen twisted fucking 120 times at that point you know by 08 like i've seen them so many times and uh yeah like the show like the, I, I remember that show like the stage setup was cool they were in the suits like they were on mm -hmm. in the uh the booklet and shit you know that whole they really played up that whole uh that look the that era the themes and all that shit so it was a cool show. I wish I could see it now. I would definitely appreciate it way right. more now than <laughs> I didn't did recontextualize it for you. Yeah, like I'd love to see that shit now. Like I still think there's a few weak songs on there, but it's a much better album than what I remember from back in the day. It starts really weird, I would say, but I think overall it's 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 a top tier. I don't know the the the, the intro always was weird to me because it seems kind of like really aggressive rock guitars like immediately which is not really what the rest of the album sounds like yeah um, but then you go into yeah ha 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 however many ha's and yeah uh, it starts to unravel like weird soundtrack and foley work and stuff like that i'm like okay they're, they're they dove all the way into making this like a complete piece anytime anytime someone's putting out an album they're like this is the this is the most wicked album this is the the most wicked shit thing we've ever done like when icp was hyping up hell's pit mm -hmm. and then you hear the album and it's like i don't know i think you guys done better wicked shit before but yeah it's got to come organically i feel like that's the problem with anything but especially i would say with icp when when they do that they're like oh we're, it's, we're getting wicked here it's always like yeah it's fine because like i feel like in doing that they give up a little bit of like making the thing they want to make you know, like, oh, we're going right. to do this to please people, basically, is what that always comes across as to me. And then it's like, yeah, I'd rather you just made the album that felt like your heart at that moment or whatever. And then as a consumer, you overhype it in your head. Right. Because you're like, oh, shit, 12, Killing Fields, fucking Halls of Illusions, you know, you go Twisted, Murder, 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 shit like that. And then you hear the album and it's like, of course, it's going to be a new sound because it's fucking a completely different era completely different time but i think as consumers we we overhype ourselves too and i think in a lot of ways that hurt uh the new one uh the young Yum bedlam because wretched came out and people were like oh it's it's wicked it's blah 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 and then the rest of the album is nothing like that 
Uh, and I think for the people that really were excited to hear that, that just wasn't what was coming. You know, I mean, it was it was like not it wasn't a bait and switch or anything because there was no like ill intentions or anything of that nature. But like it was definitely a like a the people that wanted that that darkness got that track, and then the rest of the album did not fit that vibe at all. Which for me. Oh. You know, I was into because I I liked. Uh, I actually, you know, I feel like it's almost controversial to say, but I really love that album because um, I like how I mean, personal honestly, it is. I feel like I feel like I'm in the minority of. I've seen a lot more love than hate for that album. I guess it just depends on who it's coming from. I I, I feel like, and also you take it different. Like I feel like if it's the opposing opinion of what you've got, you feel like you read it all the time and maybe you just see it like three times and you're like man everyone's saying this yeah, but right. uh that album i liked a lot just because it was so personal like stuff like the drunk in the addict and like even the stuff like um panic attack and uh insomnia and stuff it's like it felt like the first felt like they got away from joker's card stuff i guess dark carnival stuff and made like the joe and joey album a little bit which uh which i thought was exciting and uh just you know, poppy, catchy songs. I don't know. I'm not gonna sell you on it, but <laughs> but I liked uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I, no one's tried to at this point. I'm sure. Yeah, it's. I haven't gone back to it in a while at this point, but I did try listen. I've I've listened to. I've probably listened to it fully through four or five times, and I've tried going back, but it's like by the time I hit the fourth song, it's like I'm just not interested. Right. And you know, and it it sucks when that happens when a group you like puts out an album and it sucks when you see people saying that i fucking love this album such a good album blah 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 and it's like what am i not hearing so shit maybe in 10 years from now i'll be like hey yum yum bedlam was actually a good fucking album <laughs> we'll you see know, and, if not, that. and if not who cares <laughs> there's plenty of music coming out every single day that exactly did. i mean I, I from what i heard on the live stream just last night that ICP had on their Twitch channel, they confirmed that Wicked Vic the Weed will drop mm -hmm. on the 17th. Which is what, so, like a week away? That's like barely over Thursday, a week. right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, a little more than a week away. Um, or exactly a week away from when this podcast gets that's released. That's true. Yeah, yeah. By the time people hear this, it'll be today. So congratulations, everyone. You, yep. <laughs> you may or may not have an EP to listen to. Um, but yeah, uh, Wicked Victor Weed. Um, of course, I'm going to listen to it. It's not like I'm fucking... ICP have put out albums that I didn't like before. Other bands put out albums that I didn't like before that didn't stop me from listening to the new shit. So. That's the journey of listening to someone for however many decades. Is like, right. You're not always going to be at the same wavelength or whatever. I was saying that during my last podcast. I was like, I've been listening to these guys going on 25 years, and in my head, I'm going, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> right? <laughs> 25 felt old when probably you first heard them. And now yeah. it's 25 years plus whatever that was. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It's wild to think, like, I mean, not not to just get on some old guy shit, but, like, uh, just lo looking at things, and you're like, oh, the 30-year anniversary of that thing that I, like, is, a, is an early memory for me in life. I guess, um, yeah, just... Uh, I'm old now. That's that's how that goes. Everything think, like uh, the 30th anniversary of Carnival of Carnages this month. Is it February? I thought it was October for some reason. Is it October? Or did there, uh, what album am I thinking of that came out in February? 
uh might be ringmaster i know that mm. came out early in the year but that might even be january i don't know my my you know I'm, i don't run why don't you run an icp history <laughs> um boy uh, would my <laughs> dms and various comments uh want to know the same um because it's 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 out there you know i feel like that information is like yeah october super easy to get whereas like yeah. twisted stuff is buried a lot of it or not buried but like what am i trying to say it's you got to dig for it a little bit it's a little bit more like i, I feel like the history of icp is being celebrated online every day constantly like i don't know how many old pictures i see from every era like in hashtags and blah 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 so um and there have been you got the behind the paint book right the, the shockumentary twisted has never done a legitimate documentary i know that they tried selling us on like the beyond the freak show stream that they had that we were going to get like some sort of documentary and it was oh the docu stream yeah the docu stream Mm -hmm. it was kind of sort of but it was like shit that we've heard before you know like it's like an interview yeah yeah um, I, the closest i think is that um not fest video series they did last year maybe or maybe it was 2020 late 2020 it was but 2020 and then they brought it back last year for unlikely prescription right yeah yeah, yeah. they did a like a, a follow-up with a new album yeah but that was the closest and even that was I that mean, was it, good, it, that was a good listen, though. That was a dope yeah. ass show. There was a little bit of info here and there that it's also tough if you like not. It, it's tough when you know all of the information that's already out there because, like, anything's going to be probably feel like a retread. But uh, there was a lot of stuff in there that I was like, oh, it's interesting to hear that take now. I guess that was the yeah. biggest takeaway from it was like, oh, you feel like that about this album now that you know, with 15 years in the rear view, like, that's interesting. I think the biggest thing with Twisted is, is we've never really got a deep dive pre-psychopathic stuff. Like we have a basic idea, how they met, House mm -hmm. of Crazies, but what was really going on with House of Crazies? What went on in their childhoods and shit like that? Like, you know, the behind the paint book, there was a lot of shit that Jay put in that book that nobody knew about. Totally. Until that book came out. And that's a fucking fantastic book. And the audio book is even better. If you've heard the audio book, it's like 38 hours long or some shit. And he adds so many more stories. Like he just ad libs. He's like, I remember this. And I remember, and he, then he goes like into more detail of stories that were already in the book. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. The, the one gathering I went to was that gathering where that book came out. And I, I don't even know why or what I was thinking. I think I just knew ahead of time that I was going to buy a new audio or whatever, but I had a laptop and a, a external disc drive and everything in my rental car. So I remember just going first thing in the morning, grabbing the audiobook drive, taking it up to the car, putting it on my phone and like just walked around, listened to that the entire time, like in between acts and stuff. And so it was like, the most weird immersive experience because I had Violent J in my head telling me his life story all day, every day. And then I would take the headphones out and watch people perform and stuff. It was it was wild. But yeah, great audiobook. I would love Twisted to do something like that. I, they have no interest in it, it seems. Yeah. Like, they just they they're very much looking forward and just totally don't care to really share about the past as much as some people want it. And I think like 
if anything, that was proven in, you know, like pandemic times, especially 2020, where we're like, you would think, okay, well, they got a lot of downtime, no touring and stuff. Maybe they'll do something like that. And instead they just dropped like, you know, four albums a year or something. So it's like, okay, they just want to make new stuff. That's fine. Which, which was dope in 2020. Cause they put out nothing but fucking heat in 2020. Mm-hmm. Mad season revelation. What else they put out in 2020? Uh, the first songs of Sam Hain. Yep. Uh, that might have been it album-wise. Yeah. but Streams. Yeah. yeah, streams, whole bunch of shit. But but those two albums were fucking fire, man. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't be mad at dope new music. I, w- I would like to get a fucking documentary from Twisted, though, of some, some like, real... Sh- Even if it's just one of them, like, Violent J wrote a book, if... Madrox wrote a book or fucking Monoxide wrote a book. I'd be there for that. Even if it was just like, I think there's definitely some, some, some resistance towards super personal stuff, which is fine. I don't need to know all that. I feel like sometimes we know too. I mean, I don't need to go on violent J's daughter's discord server or Twitter account or, you know, watch his son play Fortnite or whatever. Like, you know, sometimes the family stuff, I don't need it. I don't need the personal stuff, but I would love, like you said, like, go back to HOK and stuff and like kind of just hear them talk about the details. Cause you hear the overall, you know, like, yeah, we were a group, you know, right. we were inseparable. We, we were friends. Up. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like what, uh, t- like I remember one time uh, on wicked one Oh one, that podcast um, ROC told the story behind the shooting, the album cover for home sweet home and the, the circle on fire and stuff like that and how it was like really hot and like dangerous and stuff like that. It's like little details like that. You just don't get. And right. so like, you know, like where they shoot the cover to season of the pumpkin who had the idea for the masks, you know, like little, you know, I, stuff that I don't think they think is interesting. Right. The, because they've been there. You know, pr- producing the albums, you know, when right. they started HOK, they didn't have that manager that they eventually brought in probably, during the season of the pumpkin era, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, that, that guy actually, from what I understand owns the name house of crazies. They just own the music. That's why everything they put out is H O K, not house of crazies. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think, I can't remember. Did he die a while ago or am I totally making that up? I have no idea. I feel like I heard that, but I could be completely fucking making that up but uh that's what i wonder like is that forever like do they never get to use that name or like is it never going to be on streaming services because there's too many samples because i could see that but there's also samples in most tasteless that probably shouldn't be on streaming Uh, i mean you got psychopathic riders albums on streaming (laughs) yeah exactly which i mean they don't have anything to do with and they don't have their riders on there so i guess you know maybe they're not as willing to take the legal hit as psychopathic is but um but yeah i mean i would i I would i would love to know everything there is to know about hok it's like for sure to me more interesting because it's so much more mysterious and maybe that's part of the sell i don't know is that they don't want to even even like hok when they went on tour with icp right you know the stories with that like they doubled as roadies on that shit from what i understand or like all the movie samples like i would love to know the process of like picking those out, why they picked out certain ones, you know, like was Jamie just sitting home renting VHS tapes, looking for samples or did, you know, like get a little tape recorder up to the TV or like, how did they do that in 1994? You know, how, how he made 
sacrifice on his own, like details like that too. Yeah, totally. And like, I think he produced that. Like, I'd love to know how, like, I know he doesn't produce anything now, you know, that's not vocal. So like, did he used to play with making beats and then gave it up or like, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to know, but I don't know someday or never. Yeah. Or never, you know, like I said, they seems like they just look, look forward and never really back. Which is fine. Like, you know, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll look back and uh, try to fill in the gaps or whatever, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Forward's good. I'd rather, I'd, I wish they would do more of the forward, which I think they've talked about, but like in in a live setting, in that like it seems like all they want to do is make new stuff, but then you know the live sets are still seventy five percent old stuff. I'd say. Uh, I feel like they incorporate a lot more newer stuff. Like on the Psychomania tour, I felt like they played mostly post psychopathic stuff. That's true. I feel like for a minute they did, and especially that was like an album tour, so they were doing that. Yeah. But I feel like when they do spot dates, or you know, they were not specifically celebrating. Like when they did Generation Nightmare tour, it was a lot of Generation Nightmare. But then the next tour after that was mostly old stuff with some new stuff sprinkled in. And then after the tour for each album, those songs just disappear. I feel like, like you know, I mean, what do you hear and kill somebody? If you go see him live now, probably, but nothing else from Continuous Evolution. I'm sure it's hard to get new songs to stick live when you just have so much classic shit. Right. It's hard to balance it, which I get. But then just play, you know, longer. Right. <laughs> That's always my thing. I'm going to go play see. Two hours. Like, these these guys could do two-hour shows. Right. I'm sure it's fucking hard as fucking to be up on stage for that long. People but, do it, though. Uh, I mean, shit, I saw ACDC play for fucking two and a half hours, and those guys should be in wheelchairs. Right. I'm going to see, uh, it's, it's fresh in mind because I bought tickets this morning, but I'm going to go see uh, Nine Inch Nails later this year, and I saw them a couple years ago, and they played at least two and a half hours. Yeah. So it's like, and it's, you know, probably less material to pull from, honestly, even though the yeah. career is a little bit longer. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what got, that, uh, that seems like a dead-end tangent, <laughs> but I'm just saying... Make the new classics, new classics, and not just, you know, temporary songs to play. Yeah. I, I, I'd i like to see, I like when they perform, you know, like Breakdown Live, like mm-hmm. that shit, Fire Live. Totally. But that one has seemed to stick around a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it, it go, pretty much goes with any band, unless it's, like you said, not... Unless it's like an album, like a they're touring a specific album, mm-hmm. like so. But yeah, but they they got what the old school oddity shows coming up. Hopefully, they, had they come the, out this way at some point. They had the. Uh, <clears throat> it was a few years ago. They had like it was like the mystery weekend, but it was like each night was a different era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the night I went, I saw they played. It was. It was the Green Book, Man's Myth, Mutant Era. And I was like, well, Green Book's fucking great. Um, the rest of the stuff. Oh, and I think Independence Day, too. Mm-hmm. Um, middle. It was, Just it was general middle. Yeah. And I was like, well, at least we got Green Book. <laughs> Which <laughs> is funny, though. 
Oh, go ahead. It was still it was still a good show though, because I mean you could pull an hour's worth of dope songs from all those albums. Totally. But then in those three is three nights, right? I think. I think so. Yeah. So, so it was like most tasteless through Mirror Mirror, then that one, and then like Wicked through Abominations, right. and then again. Yeah. The rest is just not there. <laughs> like, right. Play a new era show. I want to go see stuff from Darkness and Evolution and, you know, some of the Generation Nightmare songs. And I'd I don't think they've hit off Mad Season live. That's what I, was gonna, I was just about to say that. I don't think they've yet played one song from it live. In any of the streams or like, you know, they, they got they got a, a couple songs in each stream, I think, from Revelation once that was out. But I don't think they've ever played a single song off Mad Season. Yeah, that's true. They did play a couple songs off Revelation, mm-hmm. which is a dope album. I like Mad Season just a little more. I do too. I, I think it's split. I think a lot of people like Revelation better because it's more, I don't know, straight up hip hop, I guess. But like Mad Season is a lot darker and, and, and something about what Jamie's doing on there with his little melodies and stuff is like kind of creepy at times. Like, uh, I, I, just an element that you don't always get in their music that does, I think, remind me of, like, Wicked and stuff like that. Um, I was really, really interested, or not interested. Uh, that's a really underselling word. <laughs> I was just really into that album. And I, I, I just, I would hate for it to just be, like, a pandemic special and then forgotten about forever. Yeah, it's a dope-ass album. Uh, Everything's Cursed. If that don't remind you of Wicked, like, right. come on, man. Absolutely. I heard that song. I was like, "Dude, this song—it sounds like it could be off Wicked, man." It's those little, those little melodies. Yep. Jamie's got an ear for it, and I mean, you know, that's why the rock stuff is working as well as it is, is because he's, you know, that guy can write songs all day. But, but uh, don't write too many that you forget <laughs> to play right. some of them. Right. Yeah, I still may. I would still love to see. I would have loved to see like. Unlikely prescription be a Jamie solo album. I think Paul did all right on it, though. I thought, like, I think it was definitely Jamie heavy, which I think was it needed to be. But I, I think the parts Monoxide did, I think, worked. Like, I don't think he ever sounded bad on it. No. Um, Jamie just, Madrox just sounds better on the rock shit. Totally. Um, but Monoxide definitely is a lot more comfortable with the rock shit than he was, say, than on Familiar or Darkness. Oh, yeah. You know, you go back and listen to that. It's a little, it's still classic. Like, I love that shit, but it doesn't sound as clean as he does now over the rock shit, for sure. No, but, and I think, I think if it would have, I think if it would have been a Jamie solo thing, it would have defeated the purpose a little bit. Because, like, if this is the thing that's going to take them, you know, to a new place as right. a band. No, yeah. I, I I understand that. You know, why, you know, why they did it and all that shit. But I just feel like a Jamie solo rock project would be better than a twisted rock project. Potentially, yeah. I mean, because I also want, again, back to the personal stuff or whatever, like... um I do kind of want like I'm kind of trying to think of the better best way to word this because I can't say exactly what I'm thinking, but like something super personal that's not like veiled, if that makes sense. Like I would love for either of them to have a solo album that just like 
closer to what like Chainsmoker was, where it's like laying out like a life story kind of thing almost, or just like giving exact details on where you're at with certain things in life or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think they also always kind of want to be, I, I think it's intentional. They, they want to be universal so that, you know, people can relate to stuff. But uh, yeah, I would love just like a, or like what the song on Fatso or Jamie's talking about, you know, when his dad died and stuff like that, like some crazy specific personal songs from either a rock or a, a hip hop standpoint, I think would be really interesting for them at this point. Cause like, how do they feel about being pushing 50, you know, and, and doing what they're doing and where their place is in the world and stuff outside of like a braggy rap way, you know, we're like, I know that they think they're good and they're, they're not wrong, but like fears and concerns stuff. I want to hear that. Yeah. I, th- I love personal shit. I, Tearjerker, like you just said, that's a fucking mm-hmm. really good song. And then Monoxide had some personal shit on Chainsmoker. You know, talking about his baby mother, taking him to court and shit. Um, yeah, I would love some shit like that, man. I feel like you can't do that so much as a group than as you can solo. Potentially. I'm trying to think. I mean, like, I feel like Outcast did a good job of that. Or like there's there's definitely groups that the thing about Twisted that's interesting is I don't think they work very well outside of each other, if that makes sense. Like um Fatso and Chainsmoker, I think, are pretty good records that would have really benefited from the other guy being there. In that, like, I think uh Chainsmoker could use some hooks and uh and, and Jamie's got nothing but hooks you know, in his back pocket. And I think, uh, I think Fatso could have used some, like, I don't know. It, it's a little, it feels a little flat at times. And then you get the couple songs of Monoxide's on, you're like, oh shit. Okay. Um, so I feel like they, you know, they need each other musically just because they've grown that chemistry. So organically over the years, like, you know, that's just, that's what they know how to do. Um, but Yeah. You can talk about two different topics on a verse. I don't know what to do, but it just let's hear the you know the Jamie and Paul album. That's what I want to hear. Chainsmoker versus Fatso. Which one are you taking? Chainsmoker every day. Yeah, same. Just, just because I think the personal stuff, you know, it brings me back, and I think there's more interesting content. Yeah, I I, I agree. I don't. I think the production lacks compared to Fatso, mm-hmm. but. The, the lyrical content is where where it's at on Chainsmoker. Totally. And I think that's what Monoxide brings more consistently. I think I think at that era specifically, I think Monoxide had better lyrics and Jamie had better flows. And now I think they're about depends on the song kind of thing. Yeah, well when Mon- like around Shit, starting on Independence Day, getting into Wicked, Heartbroken Homicidal, but then by the time Abominations came out, Monoxide had a completely different flow than what he was from 10 years before that. Totally. And I mean, you know, he talks all the time about how he worked on it and made sure to get better and stuff. Jamie Uh, was always, to me, he was always like, he's the better one of the group. And then it got to a point where it was like, oh shit, Monoxide's catching up. (laughs) And then he caught up and you know, now they fucking battle each other on tracks. It's f- That's the shit I like. It's like, who got the better verse and you can't really figure it out because they're both fucking fire. 
And I think that's what I liked so much about Mad Season specifically was that they each went with their strengths more often than not. In that, like, Monoxide was just, okay, I'm going to go. Like, he was almost the guest rapper on his own track in a way. In that, like, Jamie was going to come through with some some weird melodies and some eerie vibes and stuff like that, which he knocks out of the park. And then Monoxide came through with a, you know, gut punch of a verse. And it was just like, that, I think, is where they work perfectly right now. Because I think Monoxide has actually gotten better than Jamie at rapping. Or lyric writing, like just like the everything that comes with rapping a verse, you know. And Jamie has just gotten often somewhere else with his his melodies and and choruses and 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 you know all the stuff that he does on Unlikely Prescription and on Mad Season and stuff like that is like those are his like really really strong suits right now. Not saying he's you know slacking in the ra- the rapping material, but I think I feel like I think delivery wise. Monoxide could beat him out delivery wise. What's being said in the some Jamie got some deep shit in his verses sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas Monoxide, I don't want to say surface level, but uh Madrox tends to make you think a little bit more with his yeah. with his lyrics. Well, if you listen to, and and I think a lot of people, there's a there's a Jay-Z line that I think about all the time. All the time. I'm always thinking about this. But um it says, do you fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? And uh, that's super what I always think about with Twisted is that like, I feel like a lot of people listen to them for two reasons, which is just to like to hear it and go like, this is cool or not cool. And then to look for ICP disses <laughs> and like, you know, draw strings across the board to try to turn everything they say into ICP disses. Um but if you really listen to Mad Season specifically, like he's talking about addiction and like letting himself down and trying to like be a better per like Jamie's really going through stuff on that record. And I think it just gets over people's heads or they just don't care or they're not smart. I don't know how to put it, but but they're not listening to the content and it's it's a bummer. Yeah. For sure. It's um you know, for me. The way I listen to music, when I first start listening to like a new song, new album or something, mm-hmm. it just, I'm not really paying. I've said this before. I don't really pay attention to the words. It's yeah. got to sound good. Like it just, as a whole, like the rhythms have to be there. You know, it just, it has to sound good to my ears. And then after a few listens, and I start paying paying attention to the lyrics, seeing what they're I, like. Of course, I hear what they're saying. Right. I'm not like dissecting the shit. You know what I mean? Totally. Like it, it needs to sound good before I can dive into what anybody is saying. It just this goes with anybody else to rock, rap, pop. I don't. It doesn't matter. It's does it a does it sound good? All right, this shit sounds dope. Let's see what they're saying now. Oh, and it's about. I think like audio familiarity or something like that that's not a real term but let's just go with it um whereas like when you hear a song for the first time you're taking in like four things at this you know all at once you're processing the beat what instruments are being used you know like whatever whatever then the melodies and rhythms and yeah, the cadences right. and then also the lyrics whereas like you know three or four times down the road you kind of can parse through it and pick out the specifics a little bit more but uh yeah i i have a hard time liking anything until I've heard it at least twice or three times. Or not liking it, because I'll hear something and go like, that was good. 
but I couldn't tell you why <laughs> right. or like right. what's good about it or what I'm actually pulling from it until I've heard it at least three times, I feel like. And then there's times where it's like, yo, did you hear this dude's verse? Did you hear what he said? And then it's like, all right, now I'm going to go into this. I'm going to specifically listen to the words. Right. You know, it's just so I can hear whatever the crazy shit that he's, you know, might have may or may not have said. So it's it's different. Or did you hear that beat? And then you're just listening to the beat and the words are just kind of in the background. Yeah. That's why I don't understand. I mean, it's easy now because so much stuff comes out constantly, but I don't get when people make like hear something one time and go like, oh, it was the best thing or like, oh, mid or trash. You know, it's like you heard it one time. Like, right. This thing probably took between, you know, creating the music, recording and writing the verses, oh. all this. Like, yeah, this thing took so long and you're like, mm, no. Yeah. It's like reviews being released the same day an album comes out right i mean That's... granted I'm, I'm on my podcast every monday and talking about albums that dropped on friday but i kind of put it out there as first impression this isn't really because shit can yeah. change and you'll hear me two three weeks later like yo that album i talked about two weeks ago i'm still bumping it and it's fucking fire it's way better than i thought it was and even though i thought it was good then it's way better than i thought that's what I was going to say is you'll usually go like, I gave it a quick listen. You know, it's, I didn't have a lot of time this weekend, whatever, whatever the honest truth is. And then, yeah, you'll, it's not one and done. Like I, I already talked about that album. We're moving on. You'll, you'll bring right. it back, which I think is important because I, I think it's really easy in the streaming era for music to exist for a day or a weekend oh, or sure. something. And then by the time, cause I know I, I fell victim to it myself. We're like, say I'm working on Friday. I listen to a lot of music when I'm working because I have eight hours. So I can just listen to headphones basically. And then I have a weekend where I'm not working, not listening to as much music. And by the time I come back to work on Monday, that thing I was excited about Friday might have already flown past me and might never get played again. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. There's albums that just fall through the cracks that I'll go the whole year and not even hear it. And I hear it and then I, I'm bumping it for a month and a half. I'm like, damn, that was one of my favorite albums last year. And it didn't even make my top 20 because I didn't even hear it till the new year happened. Right. Yeah. I'm at this place now where I'm like, I can't make a list, like a year list until like February <laughs> because I feel like I spend the entire year, like just pulling new stuff in constantly. Right. And then like, I need to sit with like that whole year for like a month and go like, okay, what actually, you know, do I like going back to stuff, pulling it together yeah it's it's you know crazy the amount of music that we get i i fucking love it man like i can remember back in the day going to the cds you know going to fucking newberry comics or strawberries my local record stores and just hoping that some new shit was out like just looking through <laughs> shit like, hopefully there's some new shit and be like ah I ended up buying a fucking, I ended up buying Bone Thugs East 1999 because there's nothing new. Right. Have, yeah, yeah. I don't have this on CD, you know? Exactly. And now I'm almost just like, everyone take a break for like a week or like two weeks so I can like there's some catch up. Like, you know, I go on my social medias every Friday. It's like, what are you listening to for New Music Friday? I got the picture with new singles, albums. There's weeks where I can't even include everything in one picture. And I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm going to listen to half this shit. And I right. might want to listen to it, but, you know, 
chances or if you are, listen to it, and if you listen to it, you're not going to give it the the dedicated you know time it needs. Like, I mean, even like the 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 new class record. Like, how long was he working on that and putting it together? You know, like two years. Oh, and lie. so, like, um, just yeah, for something like that to be like, yeah, I listened to it for a week. It was good. I liked it. It's like, what kind of an asshole am I? Like, right, right. Give the man some 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 respect right for 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 the work that they put in right um i was gonna fucking say something now i can't remember new music um oh yeah i was gonna go back to last year (laughs) blaze and all the horror dropped that ep that they put out but tech nine dropped asinine the same day right i listened to both but I gravitated towards Tech Nine's Asinine album, and I bumped the fuck out of that for like two months. Mm-hmm. And then after I started getting kind of, you know, it started to get kind of played out, or I've, I've already listened to it fifty-eight times. Time right. to listen. You processed it. I put on Blazing All the Horror, which I was like, yeah, it's good, it's cool, it's whatever, you know, whatever. And I listened to it again. I'm like, damn, this shit's <laughs> fire. It's just been sitting on my phone for two months, you know, just because. They just happened to drop an album the same day Tech Nine did, and that happens all the time. Totally, and those rediscoveries are great. I just like, I I, I need more time. I just need like, <laughs> I need like, I don't know. People always say more hours of the day, but I, like, I, you can't go back to everything. You know, I'm trying. I'm, no. I'm pull, pulling up my my a list on my phone and seeing like stuff that I, uh, yeah, like uh, a record specifically that comes out to me in this conversation. I don't know if you fuck these guys much at all, but um like Fams and the Hooligans, uh, they put out two records the same day, two and the six. And I listened to them and I was like, these are good. And then I listened to some of their back catalog and I listened to some other stuff. And then like I was saying, you know, like yeah, I like those guys. I think, you know, let's say like the Hellion records, which are like fams solo albums are like my favorites of that or whatever. And then a friend of mine was like, oh, you got to listen to that, the two again. And I was like, oh, I listened to it. I heard it. And then, like, thinking back, I'm like, oh, I heard it one and a half times, I think. So I went back and listened to it. And now it's, like, my fifth favorite album of last year, you know? Yeah. Because it's just, like, you almost need, like, to set reminders on your phone or calendars or something and go, like, all right. Like, when I used to, you know, as a kid, carry a CD book around, flip through it, and I got, you know, the disc of Ready to Die staring at me every day, you know? So I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I like that. I'm going to put that back on, but you know, streaming, you got to search everything individually. Like I don't just, it's not just glaring me in the face, reminding me to listen to it. So. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good thing. And it's a, you know, it's the gift and the curse. Yeah. All the, the way music is consumed these days. People love releasing singles. You got dudes like Jaron Benton, who's been releasing nothing but singles for two years now. Like we're mm-hmm. never going to get an album from this dude, which is going to get singles for the rest of his career. Um, But at the same time, you know, those singles are fucking dope. That stuff's tough for me, too, because I'm such a, like, I think I'm just setting my ways where I'm like, I want to sit down and put push play on something and let it ride out for a while. I I think about that all the time where it's like, I understand singles and EPs or, you know, two, three packs or whatever Mm -hmm. are the way, you know, people do shit. But, yeah, I just like putting on an album and press and play and yeah. just just and let it ride you know and if there's an album that has 
two or three good like if I have to skip too much, I'm just not gonna listen to that album, even if there's a few songs totally I do like on it. I just want to hit play. And if I have to skip two, maybe three times, that's fine. Or even with digital, I could just take the fucking songs right off the album and not right. even have to skip them. Just that's what I'm I just did. Never with. gonna do that, I don't think. No. No, I, I think I'm just too used to like just from being a kid or whatever, just put something on and that's just what it is. And then like, say like you bought, I'm going to throw someone on the bus super unnecessarily. Cause I'm just trying to think of an example, but uh, say you bought the disturbed album, for instance, cause I don't oh, care if God, I don't I'm the bus. <laughs> but say like, you know, I heard the two singles and I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then I buy it and don't like anything else. That just to me is a bad album. Yeah. Whereas like if I was, if I was craftier, maybe I would, you know, have burned those on a disc with the drowning pool song or gotten, you know, whatever. But uh, I'm just so shitty at that, that I'm like, nah, I just don't listen to that thing. Cause it's not that good. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I don't save a couple songs. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just get rid of the, a couple. So I did that with tech nines album. There was two songs. And they were actually back to back. I don't even know the names of the songs because I took them off so early. Where I, so I could just literally just press play from song one, and then just let that motherfucker ride for the you know the duration of the songs that I did keep. Was it on Asinine? Yes. Is that we're talking about. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. Was I'm it, look it up right now? Was it Dial It Back and Zaza? Yes, sir. That, that would be it. <laughs> Nailed it. Yep. yep. You're you're correct. <laughs> yep. Those two songs right there where I was like, just weren't it for me. And I t- took them off. And that the rest of that album is fucking fire, man. Like, so good. Tech. The, the, the tech is crazy because Tech put out Nina, what, in 2019. I put that in my top five Tech Nine albums. I love that album. It's so good. And then he comes back with Interfere, and I'm like, this ain't it. This is not it. There's a handful of good songs on here, but the rest of the album. And then he comes back with Asinine, and it's like, God damn, like, this is the follow-up to Nina right here. Like, this album's crazy. I'm going to I'm gonna go in, and I'm going to chalk Interfere up to sequencing for me personally. In that, like, I listened to it a bunch when it came out just because it was new, and it was like, was it early quarantine? I feel like I it, it was, yes. And so I was like, well, I'm, it's got a lot of sitting around time, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, and there's a lot of really good stuff on there, but it's sequenced so weird in that it starts really height and like yeah. aggressive. And then it goes transitions really quickly into like a lot of like slow jams that are actually like really good songs, but they just don't flow from the first part at all. And so like there's songs in there it's been a while since I've listened to it, but there's songs in there that are like real, like vulnerable, like tech talking about some cool stuff, some like honest stuff. And then there's also some, like there's a song where he goes to a Halloween party and gets robbed. And I think that might even be two songs that tell a story, like, but it's all just kind of jumbled into a, a thing. And that's, I think why I have trouble making playlists or doing stuff like that is like, to me, sequencing and the choices that go into like constructing a piece are as important as the, the blocks or the songs, you know, that the make it up. So, but yeah, that was a weird album. And that like, I couldn't tell you the last time I listened to it and I have no desire to right now, but I feel like if they would take that and kind of 
give it a second go sequencing wise. There's some yeah. really good stuff on there. I would agree with that. Cause I remember when that album came out, I talked like the first, like third of this album is really good. And then it just kind of goes downhill. If you listen to asinine, that shit starts out hard as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of slows down a little bit, picks back up. Like that's right. what you need. You need your ups and downs. You can't just have a fucking peak in the very beginning and then just go, you know, bring it down for the rest of the album. And because on Asinine, I feel like some of the down tracks are some probably my favorite ones. Like uh the one with the X-rated uh Fire. I, yeah, that's probably my favorite on there. The one with Wayne, I like a lot. Wayne um, killed that shit. Yeah, that line, uh I, I tried to tell someone about this and i think they didn't get it but the uh don't do computers but my shooters something you look bit bit like like apple yeah yeah whatever yeah they're like what do you mean what does does that mean bit like mac i was like like the apple macintosh logo and they're like oh i should have said apple i'm like that's fucking you don't understand rhyme schemes right (laughs) you don't understand metaphors and shit right which is why people are like oh little wayne's trash it's like he's one of the best nah little wayne i said that for the longest time and then my buddy was like one of my buddies who I would never expect to listen to Wayne, he's like, no, you got to go back and listen to Wayne. You got to go back to Carter one. You got to go back to like those early mixtapes that he was doing with like DJ drama and shit. Mm-hmm. And listen, I was like, okay, if you're fucking saying it, I'll, I'll go peep it because I had no idea. And I listened to it and I was like, Wayne is not trash. Like I had no. to get that out of my head real quick. He's one of the people I think, has the most fun rapping like you can tell he loves doing it yeah um which is which is uh whatever the fucking word is when people say laughter is contagious <laughs> he like you know just him having so much fun in the booth you can hear it and then some of his metaphors and rhyme schemes and stuff it's again a thing i think where people go like oh i don't like lollipop this guy's trash and it's like all right well don't talk to me until you've actually listened, listened. yeah yeah you, you know who else killed it on that album? And I love when they collaborate is Snow the Product. Yeah, who I have done nothing but sleep on. I mean, I know the yeah. name and I maybe can kind of picture what she looks like, I think. <laughs> but I might be thinking of two other people. Yeah. Um, but that, that that verse, every time it comes on, um, I'm super impressed. Yeah, she fucking murdered that song like... That, that song that she did with Chris Calico back in the day, um, so dope that she did with Tech on special effects, maybe? Or maybe. might have been something else. He's, but yeah, every, every feature I've heard from her is like, damn, this girl wraps her fucking ass off. Yeah, goes fully all the way in. <laughs> yeah. Like, just like, uh, is like super intense, you know, super intricate rhyme schemes and stuff. But uh, yeah, every time that track comes on in there, I'm like, oh shit, I got to maybe someday listen to this person. <laughs> and then I'd never. I love, I love the line, you know, booyah, you bitch, you all bark, no bite, you shih tzu. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. That album was super good. Like you said, though, those two back to back, I fully agree. There's the, the the intro to the one, they, uh, they, I like it roughed me. Um, in that he put the intro on there where he's like, if you do not love sex, skip this song. And I was like, I've heard yeah. this warning before. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> like uh, when, when ICP did it, I. Yeah. Yeah. You know what song kind of slept on on Asinine was what rhymes with thread will kill you. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's granted it's missing a member, but it's Nuthouse. Right, which I mean, they don't really have much material as a group, do they? I, at I, all? I think they have a lot of stuff recorded, but Icy Rock Craven, one of Tech's old producers, right. yeah, yeah, has it all, and he refuses to release it. I think there's like maybe a handful of songs on YouTube, but like when I realized that that was Nuthouse on that song, I'm like, why isn't nobody talking about this shit? Like this is. You know, six six triple eight forty six ninety nine three right here. Like this is shit that I've always been super curious about when it comes to Tech Nine. Totally, and that's the thing I think plays back for me into the, what I was saying about interfere and the sequencing is like I almost feel like Tech just goes in and 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 records and then just leaves and it's like whatever happens from here happens and like like why wouldn't you promote that? Why wouldn't you say like, hey, for all the old school fans, you yeah. know. I got a real surprise for you. I got Nuthouse on here on a track. Yeah. Like, how crazy is that? Like, people would, people should be talking about that. Tech should be talking about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I get it. You got E40, um, Russ, Lil Wayne. You've got the bigger names, but for, yeah, The Rock. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the biggest name. Right. Um, but for people like us that have been listening, me, I've been listening since a little after Absolute Power came out. Yeah, the same. It was the FTI thing that got me. Yeah. Uh, Twisted's Green Book is what put me on to Tech Nine. Okay. And so I've and I've been listening since then. Like for me, Nuthouse like a Nuthouse feature is like, God damn. Right. And I know he's done songs with Agony, who is the other Nuthouse member. She was on I forget what album she was on. I know she was on Chris Calico's first album. They did yeah, a song. The names from you know, I know that she's been around, but I couldn't couldn't tell you yeah. that song. But like Nuthouse has a group, and that song is fucking fire. Talking about killing pedophiles and shit. It's also a reminder that like uh like EDM, like dubstepy kind of stuff, doesn't have to sound corny. No, like that's if he had that other EP that he dropped last year, Blight. Like mm-hmm. I, just, I did not like that at all. I I honestly don't think I heard it because so many people. All I heard, which is stupid of me and goes against everything I've said all day. But uh, I think I just heard so many people say it wasn't good that I was like, well, I've got a lot of stuff going on. I'll, I'll you know, I'll get to it someday. I just never right. did. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was actually something I thought of what, like with that song. I was like, oh, this is like EDM style, like done right. Like really good. Like right. not over, not overdone, just perfect. And like the, the features on that track are just so good. Because I think, I mean, the thing, like, this is super random, but, like, listening to interviews with um, Jonathan Davis from Korn from around when they made that Path of Totality record, I think I said that right, Um, he talks about how he first heard, like, that kind of dubstep, like, bass music, and, like, it was so heavy that it, like, hit him, you know, and and I, the time that that was popular, I just thought it was all corny, because it was just festival bros stuff, you know? Um, but hearing that song, what rhymes with that'll, that'll kill you, uh, reminded me like, oh, this stuff is actually pretty like hard hitting and heavy when it's done right and mixed right and stuff. And someone rapping over it like that, like, especially like as the aggression builds, you know, with the, the beat and then it knocks it like, it just, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think tech has such a weird fan base at this point, which is like yeah. people that casually like him probably like, you know, and like, like 
a track or two here and there. And then people that used to like him, but think he disrespected juggalos or some nonsense. And then people who just, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I I don't think he has as dedicated and diehard of a fan base as he used to is probably what I'm trying to say. Um, And so like something like that nuthouse thing, like skipped people. It just like, they just Mm. didn't hear about it. Whereas like I, I I've done so many, you know, over the years, like deep dives of like, oh, I wonder if I can find like, you know, these old tracks. Like, is there anything by these guys? And like, you know, if you would have told me there was a, a new Nuthouse track, that's a reason to check out the record alone. But I don't think he markets himself to longtime fans. And I don't think the people that were super, super diehard are maybe listening. Or if they are, they're not listening closely. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or there's, just, there's just not as many to make make the noise enough to like hey there's a new nuthouse track right i mean have strange. you been to a, have you been to a tech show in recent years no i last time i saw him was gathering 2016 so i mean close enough like i think the last time i saw him was uh, i'm trying to remember i think it was the storm tour or some shit like that but uh you go to a tech show you see his crowd is so diverse. Mm-hmm. You, see, you see like preppy dudes. You see like gangster dudes. You see rock dudes. You'll see a couple juggalos sprinkled in there. You got goth girls, fucking California, fucking like. Totally. Beach, uh, Baywatch, fucking whatever. <laughs> lifeguards. You got lifeguards in the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like his crowd is just crazy yeah um, all over the place i even remember back to like everybody going to see him and it was like that because he would play um he would play portland that's where i'm at portland oregon um but then he would also play eugene which is a college town and those shows would be wild like i remember seeing like guys getting blown like in the crowd and like (laughs) because it was just college kids of all fucking like you're saying like every demographic or whatever that were just like, oh, the 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 fucking party is at this thing tonight, you right. know, and uh, you know, maybe that's the gift and the curse, I guess, of like playing to a super diverse crowd is that if you've got everybody, you kind of got nobody in a way. So it's like, yeah. there's so many people that are there for various reasons, but they're maybe not like doing deep discography dives and trying to piece all the little things together, knowing what Nut House even is, or you know, things like that, which is fine. Right. You know, it just um, for nerds like us, it feels weird to be like, right. no one cares. Really? OK. To me, Tech Nine has the best rap show I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put his rap show, just his live show, just phenomenal. Like this dude. I don't know how the fuck he does it, man. Like those songs, his rhyme, rhyme patterns and all that shit like that. They can't be easy doing that shit, you know, breath control and all that shit. I mean, I, I do miss the days when it was him, Chris and cut up on the stage though. Yeah. Have you, so I haven't even seen footage of recent stuff outside of the, uh, the suit, not super bowl, obviously, but uh, the halftime show he did for the chiefs recently. Um, but it's just him alone at this point. From the few clips that I've seen, it's him, just him, no hype man, nothing. Interesting. Which is very cool in its own way. Yeah, you know the 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 back and forth with Chris and the synchronicity and when it was the three of them like is also very cool. But 
for someone who's getting up there in the years and and it has as technical and fast and all that of a, of a style as he does to do that without a hype man is pretty nuts if he can pull it off all the way through i've always found it super impressive when dudes are up there by themselves no hype man just mm-hmm. killing shit i've like abk abk was always one of my favorite performers like i i i I've seen ABK more than I've seen anybody live just because he fucking opened up for ICP twisted. He was just, he was steady, like the opener for like a handful of years. And he was always by himself. No hate man, nothing, just killing shit on stage. Like I'm always super impressed when there's just one guy, a microphone, maybe a DJ just killing shit. And he never really had a hype man, I guess at all. No, like, I'm trying no. to think, was JD the Weed Man was on stage with Blaze? Or ABK? I can't there's remember. Maybe it was the three of them. There's been times where Blaze hasn't had a hype man. Yeah, which is also cool. I'm trying to think. Like Kendrick uh, does that, which I think is crazy impressive, which he always talks about how he got a lot of his live stuff from tech anyway. So I could see it go in that direction for tech. But I remember seeing him on like the damn tour, and it was just you know, empty stage, some props and stuff, you know, but just him doing exactly as technical as on the record. And just right. like, whew, that's, that's breath control. That's practice. I remember hearing stories about outcast. They would jog, um, like just go for a run in their neighborhood and stuff and wrap their verses while they did that to try to like, you know, learn how to do it live. And you gotta be doing something like that in order to keep that yeah. consistent. It's cardio. Really? Cause it's like, you're breathing outwards the entire time you're rapping, you know? So right. like knowing when to take those in breaths and also very rarely are you just standing, you know, still right. like in front of you. Unless you got some ballad or some shit and the you don't really stand still. Of those, you, know? <laughs> you got tech nine with this ring. He brings out the chair and shit. He's right. probably like, finally I can fucking sit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give him like five years. I'll be doing the ring, this ring three then, times. Then you got newer show. Dudes like uh, newer dudes like Ouija Mac. No mm-hmm. hype man. He's got DJ Chunk up there, but he's doing that shit uh, by himself up there, and he's super energetic live, like crazy. When you're you're running back and forth on stage, doing uh, you know rapping the songs and shit, I I I love that shit, man. He does those Mario jumps when he's on stage, where like I feel like he jumps from jumping somehow, like (laughs) like (laughs) he'll jump off the ground and then somehow hit another jump while he's already up. So (laughs) weird, guys super energetic um i've only seen him once and it was which tour was it it was the fright fest no not fright fest uh fury fest i think with uh it was supposed to be icp but jay called out sick to that show so it was Ouija, dj paul mushroom head stuff like that but i remember seeing him and it was the first time i'd seen him live because every time they had come here he would not be on the tour for some reason like he had to go record or something um and I remember just being really, really blown away. Like he probably had the set of the night over people like Ritz and, you know, DJ Paul, like DJ Paul had the, the hits obviously, you know? So it was right. like, people are going to turn up when they hear a bunch of classic three, six mafia songs in a row. But Ouija, as far as performers goes, I mean, best of the night, easy. Yeah. He, he kills shit. Uh, my favorite performance I saw from him when he, when he opened up for, Shaggy on the uh, FTFO, whatever the fuck, fuck the fuck off, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah however many letters there are. Yeah, he, he just kills shit live. Like, it's one thing to put out a dope record, but it's another thing to like perform 
those songs live and like, you know, there's, there's nothing worse and it goes both ways. There's nothing worse when it it's dope on a record, but then they suck live or yeah. they're fucking dope live. And then you go listen to the music and you're like, wow, this shit was, was better when they played it live. Yeah. Or just like a lot of like, I feel like a lot of people in Ouija's school or whatever his uh, category, like, don't really perform live. Like they 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 are on stage to their music, but they're not like doing it back at you through a microphone <laughs> like nine out of ten times. And uh, and he does. I don't know. That was a nonsense sentence, but <laughs> I got distracted because I was thinking about the time I saw him and um, just how nice he is. Where like. Um, I was talking at the merch booth or I was asking him a question uh, about a shirt or something and some drunk dude ran through and just like knocked me straight over and uh, Ouija like jumped over the merch booth to pick me up and like ask how I was and dust me off and stuff and yeah, fan for life after that. He's a cool motherfucker. I remember, yeah, I talked to him after that Shaggy show. He mm-hmm. was just walking by. I was like, dude, you fucking killed that shit. Really impressed. He's like, thanks man. Come to the fucking come to the booth or whatever, and I'll fucking take a picture with you and shit. I was like, all right. Yeah, super nice dude. Super genuine. I mean, like, uh, listening to him, he did an interview with um, Finn McKenty. I can't think of the name of the podcast, Punk Rock NBA. And um, he just wanted to talk about the interviewer half the time. <laughs> just, like, trying to ask him questions about his life and how he was doing and, like, you know, what gets him bothered on the internet or whatever. And I was like... Um, just super, super genuine down to earth guy. So yeah, I'm happy to see how good he's doing. Fuck yeah. And he's putting out fucking dope, dope music. I swear this dude just gets better and better with each release. I Yeah, I think Dirtbag is probably the best he's got, in my opinion. I think that's got some of his best songwriting. I, I agree. I think Pretty Ugly 2 expands on that. Mm-hmm. Uh especially with the production because Devereaux did a lot. It's a lot of different production that Ouija hasn't really wrapped on. Yeah. That song's pretty ugly too. And he expands on the, the harmonizing and songwriting and shit like that. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, to the last element that's going to be coming out and just anything that he's got coming. I mean, I'm, a, I'm just a fan of dude, like dude puts out really good music. Yeah. When he, um, it feels like the trajectory, and this is like a class rapper trajectory, so it's not super unique, but like, you know, it seems like what he does is spends like a year or two building skills and then like, you know, drops the the main album or whatever that like kind of puts all that into a, 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 a yeah. perfected container or whatever. And yeah. I, that's what happened with Wasteland and all those EP or uh, mixtapes at least. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what the next like album album is because I feel like there's going to be some hits on there some real like hooks and like he's he's gotten really good at like singing and putting song craft and stuff so i'm excited to see where that goes fuck yeah uh definitely excited for that especially especially if Devereaux is gonna play around with more sounds because that guitar is coming yeah like the guitars like you could tell there's live guitars on that pretty ugly too mm-hmm. I, li- I, li- I like dirtbag a lot but the production on it kind of reminds it's definitely like a progression from wasteland but you could still hear yeah that wasteland kind of sound where i was pretty ugly too is like this this just shit that i haven't heard yet 
Totally. And there's a couple, I can't think of the names off the top of my head, but there's a couple on there that are just like new styles completely, which, yeah. I mean, yeah, I love that. Love growth. <laughs> Sounds super obvious, but. No, I mean, it's, it's why we, st- that's why we're still here listening to fucking ICP and Twisted 25 years later, you know? The, yeah. The growth and you just don't know what you're going to get next, what kind of sounds you're going to get. And I feel like people hate that sometimes. And I think those people are weenies. Cause like... I don't understand. I, I, I remember having the mentality back in the day, like I want another most tasteless. I want another freak show. But then it got to a point where it was like, I just want some new shit and I hope it's good. Regardless right. of how it fucking sounds. Yeah. I just want another good album. I don't, you right. know, it doesn't like a retread has a negative connotation in that word because it is negative like can you i mean i can't imagine trying to listen to someone cosplay as themselves at 22 or whatever you know it's just like right. like you know cottonmouth kings i remember saying back in the day if it ain't don't broke fix it because it wasn't broke for them for a while mm-hmm. and after a while i was like man we've heard this like this is the same sound we've been on for 10 fucking years now right like they, didn't, they didn't change up their sound i think that was a a reason part of the reason why fans kind of just dwindled and you know the, the loss of interest whereas if you're at, like icp or twisted and you're just experimenting with new sounds right you still have the old shit to go to like oh this album was a fucking flop fuck it i'm gonna go we're gonna go play piggy pie and all that shit you know and it's gonna piss people off sometimes i mean like i think uh missing link found is like the biggest example of that or unlikely prescription with twisted right now where it's like they're divisive records but i would much rather people put out divisive records than safe records Mm. like you know putting out the record that you know everyone's gonna like if it's not exactly the you know sometimes you hit right in you know the middle with your audience where you go like this is what i made and boy are people gonna love it that's you know great but like if you're trying to make something that you know is gonna hit because it's going to hit a certain nostalgia feeling or something, or I don't want to hear it. Like, you know, save it. Like it's the most boring music. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Like I don't like unlikely prescription, but they put out electric lettuce last year, which I love. They put out revelation and mad season the year before. It's like, you know, I don't like yum, yum bedlam, but, they put out Fearless Fred Fury a couple years ago, which is a fucking dope-ass album. I can go back to that if I want to, you know? Well, like we were talking with the Ouija thing about, like, that kind of linear trajectory and, like, getting new tools in the toolbox kind of thing. It's like, say, for instance, like, um, or like you didn't like Generation Nightmare, right? But I think there's a lot of Generation Nightmare in Mad Season, but they had built those tools and then they could play with them in a different atmosphere. You know what I mean? And I think that's like, you know, with anyone's, if you don't like this one, wait till the next one, they'll, you know, they're maybe they're learning something right now. Or like, that's how I feel about man's myth and mutant. I think those are probably their worst records, but I think it's a lot of groundwork for a lot of the stuff they did from then on. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Songs like sick mind. What is Mm -hmm. it down at the bottom or some shit? Like living at the bottom, living at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Those are songs that are like precursors to Mad Season, for sure. Totally, or like uh, Skit Seventeen, or uh, 
it doesn't matter if I what I think now or something like that. But there's a bunch of songs on there that have that kind of creepy creepy atmosphere and stuff like that that I think they really got well uh, well done on Mad Season, and that's just that is what's fun to me is like watching that pan out they're going being able to track that and go like oh, okay i see so like they had never really done this before and then two albums later you know that's like one of the main things they do stuff like that yeah and it's like oh they perfected that sound now right exactly and like it's kind of like you get one or the other you can get consistent music releases where there's ebbs and flows some of it you like more than others or you can get um very very inconsistent long waits uh with perfected stuff and uh i take the former every time because i like to see the process you know like i like to see the growth in real time as opposed to waiting for someone to perfect something like uh my bloody valentine or someone who you know it's like oh that you know we haven't put out a record in 20 years but here's the thing that we've spent all this time on it's like that's right. cool i'd rather have like eight right other really good records that weren't the right. thing that you you know <laughs> perfected yeah. yeah well you have one of my favorite bands evanescence mm -hmm. they finally put out a new album last year it was their first album in 10 years i'm like come on man could have put, could have put out four or five albums in between then are they doing other stuff or like, like, were they busy with other projects or something? Or is it just, uh, they, they did a lot of touring. They did like an orchestra project. Hmm. Um, so they were doing other stuff. They just weren't putting out new music. Right. Which I, yeah, I don't know to me. That's, that's what it's, what it's all about is like the, the, the creating, yeah. you know, so, and I'm not in their shoes. So I, you know, I'm, they could probably, tore off you know that first record for the rest, the rest of, of their lives yeah. and do fine yeah. so <laughs> far yeah. be it from me but i i you know some people say qual quality over quantity but we're at a point where those two can coexist right don't put out trash yeah twisted's put out six seven records the last two years ouija max put out six seven records the last two years Plenty of other people just putting out a shitload of music projects. Conway the Machine, Benny the Butcher, you know, all these do fucking Flea Lord dropped 12 projects last year. Right. And low for key. the most part, yeah, low key drops a shitload of music. Quality and quantity can exist. I do remember there being a time where it was like, yes, I would rather take quality over quantity, but it's like, I think people got to a point where they can do both. Well, it's also just easier to make music, I think. Like, I think mm. in the past you had to maybe suffer one or the other because you had to go to a physical, you know, recording studio, pay the money to be there. Only so many hours you could be in there before you were on somebody else's turf or, you know, like studios rented for you for this week and then the next week the next guy's in there or whatever. So, like, there was reasons that that was more of a hindrance before. But at this point, it's like everyone's got a home studio. Yeah, you know everyone can email tracks back and forth with producers. Like it's just easier to make good music regularly, and not that you need to. Not that that's like no, you know, not everyone not, needs to do three a things a year. Yeah, right. It's not a it's not a requirement to do that. But um, yeah. I mean, unless you just don't want to, there's no reason to take five years or ten years or whatever. Yeah, it's like 
I'd rather not wait years for music. <laughs> you know, like like ICP. I'm glad that they did drop another Joker's card. I want to say quote unquote so soon, but it's it was two years since or close to two years. Or no, almost three years since Fearless Fred Fury. It was supposed to be less than two years. Yeah. Uh, with the original release date, but uh you know, with everything going on with, with Jay now, you know, we got we talked about it earlier, Wicked Vic the Weed dropping uh the seventeenth, and hopefully, you know, we get the EPs on schedule. Just crank out the fucking Joker's cards. People want it, pe- people want them to take time. Fuck that, man. If you have the idea, just get it out there. Fuck waiting. Well, he make had it- Bedlam ready in his mind for f- when Fearless Fred Fury came out. That he had the name of the album on that album. Nobody guessed yeah. it, and it was obvious as hell. <laughs> in retrospect, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in retrospect, looking back on it. And them, it's interesting, because I feel like almost with them, I do want them to take time in a way. Because I feel like sometimes they will just kind of shit stuff out, and it's like, yeah, that's music that exists. Um, I don't think that's the case, though, with them, because especially with the second deck, the first two cards came out, what, three years apart, and then we had to wait four years. Yeah, I guess what I'm thinking of is everything that's not a Joker's card. So, like, take your Willoughby rags, bags of poop, and your flipped rats. That's on a hard drive somewhere. Right. I'm just saying, like, I, I think there's a quality difference between the stuff that they did take the more time on and the stuff that just kind of seeps out. And it's like, hey, we bought this. And I'm hoping these EPs aren't going to be like that, where they're just like, here's some stuff. We, you know, we locked ourselves in the studio for three days and made something. I hope not. I mean, it, in theory, they have they have the time to, they, to just sit around and make music. They're not really touring. They just started doing the live streams again. Um, Shaggy's so in, busy as shit. Shaggy is busy, but Shaggy is not on ICP records a whole lot like Violent J is. And I know that's, you know, shout out to Joker's Gallery. You know, he's a big, uh, he wants more Shaggy. And I still, I will always maintain that this is the way that it's always been. And why change it now? Yeah, I would take more, but like, I don't expect. I would, I would take more too. Mm-hmm. And I think also, I guess he does a lot of his studio stuff during like the day or like he was talking on a recent uh, Shaggy and the Creep podcast thing about how he would like wakes up at 530 in the morning or no, like 630 in the morning or something like that. And then gets the kids ready for school. And then he's at the studio and then does that stuff at like, what, 9 p.m. their time probably. So I guess he could still work a full studio day and then just go do some podcasting at night. So. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing the Keegan and the uh, Shaggy and the Creep show, and he's been a bit for the last couple years. I think, yeah, I mean, I'm not here to speculate people's lives, but I think he probably just didn't want to wait around for Jay to be ready to do stuff, which is fair. Yeah, I I, I agree. That's kind of what it seemed like to me, and Keegan was probably like, hey, we can we can make some fucking money. I mean, Shaggy's even said it. He's like, he told me we can make money. I didn't believe him. Now <laughs> he's making me money. <laughs> he's got a whole other merch revenue stream. I mean, like yeah. that, they put out stuff all the time, and it's you know not unpopular. I see it all the time. 
Yeah, and it's uh, he's like the lead guy now. And yeah. As far as far as far as that, you know, the Shaggy and the Creep Show, he's like he's the main guy for the, with that project. Yeah, he's 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 the he's the boss. <laughs> yeah, and I like seeing or watching ICP interviews now because Shaggy's way more vocal. He's you know, used to talking back, more. Yeah, go back to like Malenko days. He was a hype man in those interviews, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, and now it's like it's split 50 50. Like they're both trying to get words in. It's dope. Yeah. I mean, that they did a their like 100th episode or whatever, Shaggy and the Creep. And I have not watched it because I looked at it and it was three and a half hours long. <laughs> I'm like, if he's used to getting on the mic and talking for three plus hours, like, you know, <laughs> Jay is doing that. How frequently at this point? Almost never. So I'm sure it's right. just like Shaggy's like, no, I, I got this. I know what to do. Right. I, I can talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it's dope to see. And uh, it's, it's fun to watch the the evolution and watching the kind of the, you know, the, the backup dude get, get his. Yeah. Not, that's all. I, I, I think that's kind of like just, almost disrespectful calling him the backup dude. But when you think of ICP, Violent J is the front man. Yeah. Someone who had previously played second fiddle is what you're saying. And currently is playing even fiddle. Right. So I, I I mean, I get the argument why people want more shaggy, especially since you see way more shaggy than you do Jay now. Like, like way more. Like a hundred times more. Yeah. Um, so, so I get I get the argument, but I'll always have the argument back that hey, it's always it's always been that way. Oh yeah, but, with the music, it's always been that way. I mean, if you look at any of those old records, Shaggy's like a guest. Yeah, like Carnival of Carnage, he's like on like three songs. And that was just I think also it it, it feels weird because that's like how it was at that time for most groups. I would say, like most rap groups back then had like. It was, it was, it was maybe not most, maybe that's wrong, but I'd say at least like 50, 50 with groups that had like a clear front man who was the guy. And then they had a group around them and groups that were like, you know, neck and neck, but it was, you know, if you look at like public enemy, NWA, stuff like that, like there was always a clear person out front. I mean, look at like the fact that insane poetry used to be considered a group. And if you listen to that, Grim reality with the three dudes on the cover. I don't hear a lot of verses from two other dudes. You know, I think one's right. a DJ and one's probably like a hype man. But um, I think it's it's less like that now. I don't know any groups like that now outside of potentially ICP, where there's a clear front person and other people assisting. Yeah, no, twisted. There's no clear front man. And even like, in like any rap, like across the entire genre, I don't think I see that at all. I'm trying to think of other groups that are out there that have like a clear front man, like even popular groups. No, not really. Yeah, I think that's just a thing of the past. So I think it's never changed within them because that's the dynamic they have. But I think people are like, you know, I go listen to this especially Juggalos, you know, like every Juggalo group now is pretty consistent. There's not like, if you listen to say like Zool or 
super famous fun time guys or something like that. You're not hearing like one guy all the time and then another guy sometimes. So I think people are, their ears are just different. Mm, ICP yeah. is the same. Your ears changed. Yeah. It, yeah. It's how it's always been for 30 fucking years. Yeah. So shut up. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I think I'm going to wrap it up now. We're an hour and a half in. That went by fucking quick. That went by Super. really fast. It was fun. I think that's why. Yeah, it w- that was fun. I appreciate you um, hopping on. You got anything you want to plug before we bounce up out of here? Not really. Um, go to, I'll say two things. I'll give a personal plug. Go to uh, at Twisted History on Instagram. Um, that's really all I got going. And then I will give a call to arms uh, to to the scene as a whole, to everyone here in this. Um, go listen to some stuff you've not heard before. I dare you to go listen to Fams and the Hooligans, super famous on time guys, uh, Donnie Menace, Cody Manson. There's a ton of people in this scene making cool stuff. And I think people have a tendency to get boxed into the stuff they know really well, especially when it's stuff like, you know, ICP and Twisted and stuff like that. And I think the scene as a whole could really benefit from people branching out from their main couple things and checking out a variety of things and, 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 you know, uh, treating it as you know, obviously not necessarily equal because you're always going to have your favorite guys, but you know, give everyone some space in your heart, and uh, and and this thing that we love will be better for it. Rant over. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I, as far as Mike, my, my listener base goes, people that listen to this show, I'm surprised at what people listen to because that was one one of my whole goals goals starting this podcast was putting people onto shit and it's like oh yeah i've been li- like low-key i'll have people commenting i've been listening to that dude since fucking you know house one it's like oh okay so there are people but i agree go go out expand your uh your fucking musical listening experience yeah son i heard you mention recently he's been popping mm-hmm. um sky swamp orange uh memed you uh, saying you didn't know who the fuck they were <laughs> recently. So What's I don't that? know if you saw that. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell if you're doing a bit, but they are a group uh, that are really good and worth listening to. Uh, Stray, also from that group, does a lot of solo stuff. He's got a song with Gibby Stites, who people have heard of. Um, okay. But yeah. I have, the, no, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> you, you, uh, they, they, they're doing these super famous fun time guys uh, one year anniversary show, and you were reading the announcement for it or something and said, I don't know what the fuck that is. And they took a screen oh. grab of it and put it in their Instagram story as a, as a JK. So <laughs> <laughs> dope. So yeah. not only are they making good stuff, they got a good sense of humor. Check those that's, guys out. That, that's really good. I I don't think I knew that. <laughs> I and, should have told uh, you. I figured you would have heard. Yeah, no, I had no idea about that. I don't even remember saying that. Uh, I say so much shit on these podcasts, man. I, know, I probably right? contradict myself all the time. Who the fuck knows? That's that's fun though. Yeah, it is what it is. You know, hundreds. What fucking episode am I on? Hundred seventy something. I don't even know. I'm sure I've contradicted myself more than once. I've forgotten many of things that I fucking said, but that's human. Yep, I'm just a human being. But I appreciate you hopping on, man. This has been really fucking fun. And uh, I'll definitely get you back in the future. And at Twisted History on Instagram, 
go follow that shit. It's just super dopey. Go back to the old posts. Some pictures that you might not have seen. Some history you might not have known about. Robbie's got that shit covered. And uh, I appreciate you for listening. And I'm Roll Bone of the Beneath the Dirt Podcast. And until next time, I'm out. Peace.